an inquiry into the causes and effects of the variolae vaccini. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jordan Watts, Oxfordshire. An Inquiry into the Causes and Effects of the Variolae Vaccini by Edward Jenner, M.D., F.R.S., etc. Publication 1. An Inquiry into the Causes and Effects of the Variolae Vaccini, a disease discovered in some of the western counties of England, particularly Gloucestershire, and known by the name of the cowpox. The deviation of man from the state in which he was originally placed by nature seems to have proved to him a prolific source of diseases. From the love of splendour, from the indulgences of luxury, and from his fondness for amusement, he has familiarised himself with a great number of animals, which may not originally have been intended for his associates. The wolf, disarmed of ferocity, is now pillowed in the lady's lap. Footnote. The late Mr. John Hunter proved by experiments that the dog is the wolf in a degenerated state. End of footnote. The cat, the little tiger of our island, whose natural home is the forest, is equally domesticated and caressed. The cow, the hog, the sheep and the horse are all, for a variety of purposes, brought under his care and dominion. There is a disease to which the horse, from his state of domestication, is frequently subject. The farriers have termed it the grease. It is an inflammation and swelling in the heel, accompanied at its commencement with small cracks or fissures, from which issues a limpid fluid, possessing properties of a very peculiar kind. This fluid seems capable of generating a disease in the human body, after it has undergone the modification I shall presently speak of, which bears so strong a resemblance to the smallpox that I think it highly probable it may be the source of that disease. In this dairy country a great number of cows are kept, and the office of milking is performed indiscriminately by men and maidservants, one of the former having been appointed to apply dressings to the heels of a horse affected with the malady I have mentioned, and not paying due attention to cleanliness, incautiously bears his part in milking the cows, with some particles of the infectious matter adhering to his fingers. When this is the case, it frequently happens that a disease is communicated to the cows, and from the cows to the dairymaids, which spreads through the farm until most of the cattle and domestics feel its unpleasant consequences. This disease has obtained the name of the cowpox. It appears on the nipples of the cows in the form of irregular pustules. At their first appearance they are commonly of a palish blue, or rather of a colour somewhat approaching to livid, and are surrounded by an inflammation. These pustules, unless a timely remedy be applied, frequently degenerate into phagedenic ulcers, which prove extremely troublesome. Footnote. They who attend sick cattle in this country find a speedy remedy for stopping the progress of this complaint in those applications which act chemically upon the morbid matter, such as the solutions of the vitriolum zinci, the vitriolum cupri, etc., End of footnotes. The animals become indisposed, and the secretion of milk is much lessened. 
Inflamed spots now begin to appear on different parts of the hands of the domestics employed in milking, and sometimes on the wrists, which run on to suppuration, first assuming the appearance of the small vesications produced by a burn. Most commonly they appear about the joints of the fingers and at their extremities, but whatever parts are affected, if the situation will admit, these superficial suppurations put on a circular form, with their edges more elevated than their centre, and of a colour distantly approaching to blue. Absorption takes place, and tumours appear in each axilla. The system becomes affected, the pulse is quickened, shiverings succeeded by heat, general lassitude, and pains about the loins and limbs, with vomiting, come on. The head is painful, and the patient is now and then even affected with delirium. Footnote. It will appear in the sequel that these symptoms arise principally from the irritation of the sores, and not from the primary action of the vaccine virus upon the constitution. End of footnote. These symptoms, varying in their degrees of violence, generally continue from one day to three or four, leaving ulcerated sores about the hands, which, from the sensibility of the parts, are very troublesome, and commonly heal slowly, frequently becoming phagedenic, like those from whence they sprung. During the progress of the disease, the lips, nostrils, eyelids and other parts of the body are sometimes affected with sores, but these evidently arise from their being heedlessly rubbed or scratched with the patient's infected fingers. No eruptions on the skin have followed the decline of the feverish symptoms in any instance that has come under my inspection, one only excepted, and in this case a very few appeared on the arms. They were very minute of a vivid red colour, and soon died away without advancing to maturation, so that I cannot determine whether they had any connection with the preceding symptoms. Thus the disease makes its progress from the horse, as I conceive, to the nipple of the cow, and from the cow to the human subject. Morbid matter of various kinds, when absorbed into the system, may produce effects in some degree similar, but what renders the cowpox virus so extremely singular is that the person who has been thus affected is forever after secure from the infection of the smallpox. Neither exposure to the variolous effluvia nor the insertion of the matter into the skin producing this distemper. In support of so extraordinary a fact, I shall lay before my readers a great number of instances. But first it is necessary to observe that pustulous sores frequently appear spontaneously on the nipples of the cows, and instances have occurred, though very rarely, of the hands of the servants employed in milking being affected with sores in consequence, and even of their feeling an indisposition from absorption. These pustules are of a much milder nature than those which arise from that contagion which constitutes the true cowpox. They are always free from the bluish or livid tint so conspicuous in the pustules in that disease. No erysipelas attends them, nor do they show any phagedenic disposition, as in the other case, but quickly terminate in a scab without creating any apparent disorder in the cow. 
This complaint appears at various seasons of the year, but most commonly in the spring, when the cows are first taken from their winter food and fed with grass. It is very apt to appear also when they are suckling their young. But this disease is not to be considered as similar in any respect to that of which I am treating, as it is incapable of producing any specific effects on the human constitution. However, it is of the greatest consequence to point it out here, lest the want of discrimination should occasion an idea of security from the infection of the smallpox, which might prove delusive. Case 1. Joseph Merritt, now an undergardener to the Earl of Berkeley, lived as a servant with a farmer near this place in the year 1770, and occasionally assisted in milking his master's cows. Several horses belonging to the farm began to have sore heels, which Merritt frequently attended. The cows soon became affected with the cowpox, and soon after several sores appeared on his hands. Swellings and stiffness in each axilla followed, and he was so much indisposed for several days as to be incapable of pursuing his ordinary employment. Previously to the appearance of the distemper among the cows, there was no fresh cow brought into the farm, nor any servant employed who was affected with the cowpox. In April 1795, a general inoculation taking place here, Merritt was inoculated with his family so that a period of twenty-five years had elapsed from him having the cowpox to this time. However, though the variolous matter was repeatedly inserted into his arm, I found it impractical to infect him with it, an efflorescence only, taking on an erysipelatous look about the centre, appearing on the skin near the punctured parts. During the whole time that his family had the smallpox, one of whom had it very full, he remained in the house with them, but received no injury from exposure to the contagion. It is necessary to observe that the utmost care was taken to ascertain, with the most scrupulous precision, that no one whose case is here adduced had gone through the smallpox previous to these attempts to produce that disease. Had these experiments been conducted in a large city, or in a populous neighbourhood, some doubts might have been entertained. But here, where population is thin, and where such an event as a person having had the smallpox is always faithfully recorded, no risk of inaccuracy in this particular can arise. Case 2. Sarah Portlock, of this place, was infected with the cowpox when a servant at a farmer's in the neighbourhood 27 years ago. Footnote. I have purposefully selected several cases in which the disease had appeared at a very distant period previous to the experiments made with variolous matter, to show that the change produced in the constitution is not affected by time. End of footnote. In the year 1792, conceiving herself, from this circumstance, secure from the infection of the smallpox, she nursed one of her own children who had accidentally caught the disease, but no indisposition ensued. During the time she remained in the infected room, variolous matter was inserted into both her arms, but without any further effect than in the preceding case. Case 3. John Phillips, a tradesman of this town, had the cowpox at so early a period as nine years of age. 
At the age of 62 I inoculated him, and was very careful in selecting matter in its most active state. It was taken from the arm of a boy just before the commencement of the eruptive fever, and instantly inserted. It very speedily produced a sting-like feel in the part. An efflorescence appeared, which on the fourth day was rather extensive, and some degree of pain and stiffness were felt about the shoulder. But on the fifth day the symptoms began to disappear, and in a day or two after went entirely off, without producing any effect on the system. Case 4. Mary Barge of Woodford in this parish was inoculated with variolous matter in the year 1791. An efflorescence of a palish red colour soon appeared about the parts where the matter was inserted, and spread itself rather extensively, but died away in a few days without producing any variolous symptoms. Footnotes. It is remarkable that variolous matter, when the system is disposed to reject it, should excite inflammation on the parts to which it is applied more speedily than when it produces the smallpox. Indeed, it becomes almost a criterion by which we can determine whether the infection will be received or not. It seems as if a change, which endures through life, had been produced in the action, or disposition to action, in the vessels of the skin, and it is remarkable, too, that whether this change has been effected by the smallpox or the cowpox, that the disposition to sudden cuticular inflammation is the same on the application of virilis matter. End of footnote. She has since been repeatedly employed as a nurse to smallpox patients, without experiencing any ill consequences. This woman had the cowpox when she lived in the service of a farmer in this parish 31 years before. Case 5. Mrs. H., a respectable gentlewoman of this town, had the cowpox when very young. She received the infection in a manner that is not common. It was given by means of her handling some of the same utensils which were in use among the servants of her family who had the disease from milking infected cows. Footnotes. When the cowpox has prevailed in the dairy, it has often been communicated to those who have not milked the cows by the handle of the milk pail. End of footnotes. Her hands had many of the cowpox sores upon them, and they were communicated to her nose, which became inflamed and very much swollen. Soon after this event, Mrs. H. was exposed to the contagion of the smallpox, where it was scarcely possible for her to have escaped had she been susceptible of it, as she regularly attended a relative who had the disease in so violent a degree that it proved fatal to him. In the year 1778, the smallpox prevailed very much at Berkeley, and Mrs. H., not feeling perfectly satisfied respecting her safety, no indisposition having followed her exposure to the smallpox, I inoculated her with active variolous matter. The same appearance followed as in the preceding cases, an efflorescence on the arm without any effect on the constitution. Case 6. It is a fact so well known among our dairy farmers that those who have had the smallpox either escape the cowpox or are disposed to have it slightly, that as soon as the complaint shows itself among the cattle, assistance are procured, if possible, who are thus rendered less susceptible of it, 
otherwise the business of the farm could scarcely go forwards. In the month of May 1796, the cowpox broke out at Mr. Baker's, a farmer who lives near this place. The disease was communicated by means of a cow which was purchased in an infected state at a neighbouring fair, and not one of the farmer's cows, consisting of thirty, which were at that time milked escaping the contagion. The family consisted of a manservant, two dairymaids, and a servant boy, who, with the farmer himself, were twice a day employed in milking the cattle. The whole of this family, except Sarah Wynne, one of the dairymaids, had gone through the smallpox. The consequence was that the farmer and the servant boy escaped the infection of the cowpox entirely, and the servant man and one of the maid servants had each of them nothing more than a sore on one of their fingers, which produced no disorder in the system. But the other dairymaid, Sarah Wynne, who never had the smallpox, did not escape in so easy a manner. She caught the complaint from the cows, and was affected with the symptoms described in the fifth page in so violent a degree that she was confined to her bed, and rendered incapable for several days of pursuing her ordinary vocations in the farm. March 28th, 1797, I inoculated this girl, and carefully rubbed the variolous matter into two slight incisions made upon the left arm. A little inflammation appeared in the usual manner around the parts where the matter was inserted, but so early as the fifth day it vanished entirely without producing any effect on the system. Case 7. Although the preceding history pretty clearly evinces that the constitution is far less susceptible of the contagion of the cowpox after it has felt that of the smallpox, and although in general, as I have observed, they who have had the smallpox and are employed in milking cows which are infected with the cowpox either escape the disorder or have sores on the hands without feeling any general indisposition, yet the animal economy is subject to some variation in this respect, which the following relation will point out. In the summer of the year 1796, the cowpox appeared at the farm of Mr. Andrews, a considerable dairy adjoining to the town of Barclay. It was communicated, as in the preceding instance, by an infected cow purchased at a fair in the neighbourhood. The family consisted of the farmer, his wife, two sons, a man and a maidservant, all of whom, except the farmer, who was fearful of the consequences, bore a part in milking the cows. The whole of them, exclusive of the manservant, had regularly gone through the smallpox, but in this case no one who milked the cows escaped the contagion. All of them had sores upon their hands, and some degree of general indisposition, preceded by pains and tumours in the axillae but there was no comparison in the severity of the disease as it was felt by the servant man who had escaped the smallpox and by those of the family who had not for while he was confined to his bed they were able without much inconvenience to follow their ordinary business february the thirteenth seventeen ninety seven i availed myself of an opportunity of inoculating william rodway the servant man above alluded to variolous matter was inserted into both his arms in the right by means of superficial incisions and into the left by slight punctures into the cutis both were perceptibly inflamed on the third day 
After this, the inflammation about the punctures soon died away, but a small appearance of erysipelas was manifest about the edges of the incisions till the eighth day, when a little uneasiness was felt for the space of half an hour in the right axilla. The inflammation then hastily disappeared without producing the most distant mark of affection of the system. Case 8. Elizabeth Wynne, aged 57, lived as a servant with a neighbouring farmer 38 years ago. She was then a dairymaid, and the cowpox broke out among the cows. She caught the disease with the rest of the family, but compared with them, had it in a very slight degree one very small sore only breaking out on the little finger of her left hand, and scarcely any perceptible indisposition following it. As the malady had shown itself in so slight a manner, and as it had taken place at so distant a period of her life, I was happy with the opportunity of trying the effects of variolous matter upon her constitution, and on the 28th of March, 1797, I inoculated her by making two superficial incisions on the left arm, on which the matter was cautiously rubbed. A little efflorescence soon appeared, and a tingling sensation was felt about the parts where the matter was inserted until the third day, when both began to subside, and so early as the fifth day it was evident that no indisposition would follow. Case 9 Although the cowpox shields the constitution from the smallpox, and the smallpox provides a protection against its own future poison, yet it appears that the human body is again and again susceptible of the infectious matter of the cowpox, as the following history will demonstrate. William Smith, of Purton in this parish, contracted this disease when he lived with a neighbouring farmer in the year 1780. One of the horses belonging to the farm had sore heels, and it fell to his lot to attend him. By these means the infection was carried to the cows, and from the cows it was communicated to Smith. On one of his hands were several ulcerated sores, and he was affected with such symptoms as have been before described. In the year 1791, the cowpox broke out at another farm where he then lived as a servant, and he became affected with it a second time, and in the year 1794, he was so unfortunate as to catch it again. The disease was equally as severe the second and third time as it was on the first. Footnote. This is not the case in general. A second attack is commonly very slight, and so, I am informed, it is among the cows. The reader will find further observations on this subject in the sequel. These repeated indispositions must have arisen from the local irritation and not from the specific action of the vaccine virus. End of footnote. In the spring of the year 1795, he was twice inoculated, but no affection of the system could be produced from the variolous matter and he is since associated with those who had the smallpox in its most contagious state without feeling any effect from it. Case 10. Simon Nichols lived as a servant with Mr. Bromedge, a gentleman who resides on his own farm in this parish in the year 1782. He was employed in applying dressings to the sore heels of one of his master's horses, and at the same time assisted in milking the cows. 
The cows became affected in confequence, but the difeafe did not fhew itfelf on their nipples till feveral weeks after he had begun to drefs the horfe. He quitted Mr. Bromidge's fervice, and went to another farm without any fores upon him, but here his hands foon began to be affected in the common way, and he was much indifpofed with the ufual fymptoms. Concealing the nature of the malady from Mr. Cole, his new master, and being there also employed in milking, the cowpox was communicated to the cows. Soon afterwards, Nichols was employed in a farm where the smallpox broke out, when I inoculated him with several other patients, with whom he continued during the whole time of their confinement. His arm inflamed, but neither the inflammation nor his associating with the inoculated family produced the least effect upon his constitution. Case 11. William Stinchcombe was a fellow servant with Nichols at Mr. Bromage's farm at the time the cattle had the cowpox, and he was unfortunately infected by them. His left hand was very severely affected with several corroding ulcers, and a tumour of considerable size appeared in the axilla of that side. His right hand had only one small sore upon it, and no tumour discovered itself in the corresponding axilla. In the year 1792, Stinchcombe was inoculated with variolous matter, but no consequences ensued beyond a little inflammation in the arm for a few days. A large party were inoculated at the same time, some of whom had the disease in a more violent degree than is commonly seen from inoculation. He purposefully associated with them, but could not receive the smallpox. During the sickening of some of his companions, their symptoms so strongly recalled to his mind his own state when sickened with the cowpox that he very pertinently remarked their striking similarity. Case 12. The paupers of the village of Tortworth in this county were inoculated by Mr. Henry Jenner, surgeon of Berkeley, in the year 1795. Among them, eight patients presented themselves who had at different periods of their lives had the cowpox. One of them, Hester Walkley, I attended with that disease when she lived in the service of a farmer in the same village in the year 1782, but neither this woman nor any other of the patients who had gone through the cowpox received the virulous infection either from the arm or from mixing in the society of the other patients who were inoculated at the same time. This state of security proved a fortunate circumstance as many of the poor women were at the same time in a state of pregnancy.